And a very good morning to you all. It is Oliver Callan here in for Ryan Tuberty. Though you weren't expecting it, neither was I. I can tell you that. But it's Thursday, December 23rd. Two sleeps until Christmas and one and a half shops. One and a half shopping periods till presents time. And we shall tinsel onward, anyway, until 10 o'clock this morning. So yes, it is the last day of school officially on the Tuberty Show. And uh, your headmaster, our ringmaster, Ryan, was looking forward to being here to bring you all into the, towards the Crimbo. Only he joins the tens of thousands of unlucky punters out there who have been pinged as close contacts. And that means you don't come to work. So I'm here in his stead. And it's now very widely common. You may not have COVID, but the HSC, they send you the message. They say someone who you may or may not know, uh, you're a close contact of that person who has tested positive. And so Ryan is now a member of that growing gigantic community who have had their Christmases upended all of a sudden. 136,000 people, according to the front page of this morning's Irish Independent, all of them having a rather uh, discombobulated festive season in store. And uh, anyway, that's it's chaotic for workplaces everywhere, but that's where we are. We're in this deja vu Jenga of um, Christmases that are happening and then it collapses. And then you think it, maybe there's going to be a, is there going to be a very big little Christmas this year on the 6th of January or the 25th of January? Who knows? And if you are someone who's upended, do let us know what your story is. And maybe you've got a plan. You might help people who are in tears. And it, it's funny because Ryan was talking about these people getting messages from, from those who couldn't travel for Christmas Day to those who were suddenly going to be alone and uh, we'd be delighted to hear from you 51551 is the text the email is ryan at rte.ie particularly if you've got advice to those who are feeling low uh, from having their, their their Christmases disturbed anyway there I was last night thought I was finished for the year uh, the Christmas socks on the Christmas shirt the whole lot ready to fill the belly with treats and ding went my phone but it wasn't it wasn't the bad it wasn't the close contact thing it was those turbidity show people God what do they want from me now and uh, we've all been there. You get called for the shift that you don't necessarily want to do. But sure, what else would I be doing? And I had no excuses. I had a moment's flash where, should I just make something up and, uh, and excuse myself? But anyway, uh, I'll, I'll be smug later on having got up early to come in here. And it's very much a first world problem. There are people, it's not like I'm in an ICU, is it? I mean, called in here to talk nonsense with you all. And I've already had a mince pie at half past eight this morning. And I even got a Christmas card from the team as well, which triggered memories of uh, cards you used to get in school unexpectedly. Do they still do that in schools? I remember in primary school now in the 80s, you'd get, uh, everyone wrote the same thing on the card. It was uh, Hope Santy Comes and Don't Drink Too Much, which is perfect, perfectly normal thing to write from one seven-year-old to another. Anyway, 51551, that's the text number. Have I said that already? Yes, I have. The weather, I must say, this very un-Christmassy weather. Six o'clock this morning as I made off in my car from the countryside uh, far north of here. Um, it was 11 degrees. You had this spitty, dirty, minging, poxy rain. And it's it's most on Christmas Eve, but maybe it's a good thing that you know maybe people like the mild temperatures, but you don't get to light the fire because it'll make the house too hot. Anyway, we must keep our spirits up, friends, however difficult, and we look at things and we cling to those curlicues of positivity that are around the place. Uh, the last thing I did before bed last night, and a lot of people did, was watch the RTE One documentary 
called The Toy Shop. And uh, it was on last night. It looked at the people and places that, you know, all the, the, the major toy shops around the country. There were 16 toy shops. And uh, there were uh, th- these soldiers of retail, the ones that you, you, you have to fight for to keep open for these years as the big tech comes in and disrupts the whole thing. So, um, uh, you know, it was one of those beautiful, gorgeous shows and everybody was crying, according to the Irish Sun. Uh, Anya Connolly is writing that people had all the feels watching the new documentary. Uh, Business owners discussing the power of toys, the role they played in making imaginations of our wildest dreams come true. Uh, there were shops in Westport, in Galway, in Ennis, in Listowel, in McCroom, Pinocchio's in Cork. Uh, there was one that caught my because I'm obviously from the northeast. There was Mulligan's in Omid, one of these amazing shops that does a bit of hardware, but lots of toys. And uh, the the two women are inside there, um, you know, talking, doing their interview, speaking to national television. And in wanders a local from whom he doesn't care, doesn't give a damn about RT because she wants a, a battery put into her watch. And she said, about the battery? And they're saying, no, we'll, we'll come back to you later. Yeah, we'll do that later. Oh, you're going to Newry. Great. Yeah, come back after Newry. And uh, she tried to leave five times. But it wasn't a terrible what happened to your man up the road. And then she's the weather shot. How are you getting on? And it was just one of those classic moments. I'm glad they left the whole exchange in. If you haven't seen it, it's on the RT player. The toy shop is what it was called. And it was fierce heartwarming all the same. It was fierce heartwarming. Uh, by the way, the sun is going to set a full minute later uh, today than it did yesterday. See, these are the little curlicues of happy messages that we need to concentrate on. And then we'll be another minute after that and then an extra minute. And before you know it, there'll be a grand stretch in the evening. So that's, that's what we're doing. Uh, oh, I'm bawling. Yes, that's uh, also from the Mail, which is about people watching that documentary. And uh, there's another fellow who's delighted. He's a 78-year-old farmer down in County Clare and he won the, uh, he won the prize in the local GA club's fundraising draw. 78-year-old local farmer called Noel Ryan. And what did he win? Well, it's um, he's won Paul Meskell's signed GAA shorts, or a pair of shorts signed by Paul Meskell, should I? Yes, indeed. Uh, which, in fairness to Paul Meskell, has raised €10,000 for Cora Clare GAA Club down there in, in beautiful Clare. They sold 5,000 tickets. People were really mad to get the Paul Meskell GA shorts because he's a sensation and, and don't quite understand entirely why. I mean, he's a fantastic actor and all that, but there's a bit of an obsession. And uh, hasn't he arrived home in Ireland for his Christmas and that caused an unbelievable frenzy. But anyway, Noel Ryan um, says he hasn't even seen a bit of normal people. You know, um, God, you wonder what he'd make of it if he did. Didn't even look at it, he says, but he is delighted uh, to have won the shorts and they now have pride of place at his home. And in this story in the Irish Mirror, uh, it's the most Irish thing because Cora Clare GA spokesman Joe Considine, he tells that Noel Ryan um, not, has all these connections to Paul Meskell. Noel knew Paul Meskell's grandparents, the late Michael and Maraid, um, who still lives in the Meskell homestead. He said Noel worked with Paul's uncle Paddy Meskell when they both drove for the McNamara's a local silage contracting outfit. So this is like deep, deep Paul Meskell background here. Uh, but Noel, he's delighted anyway. He didn't um, say, what do I want to do with a pair of shorts signed by your man from normal people? But he's, he is thrilled because uh, we're all happy with everything. Everything at Christmas. Now, um, is this, this is not negative. No, burning off the Christmas dinner, you must go jogging for six hours according to uh, reports in the papers. Uh, the average person needs to walk 50 miles to burn off their Christmas dinner, according to health experts. Uh, or that you could set off on a six-hour jog on St. Stephen's day um, to, to, to shed, what is it, three, three, three and a half thousand calories gained from the traditional meal. But hang on, we often consume 6,000 calories on Christmas day, which is three times our recommended daily total for women, more than double of that for men. Um, so w- they get specific here. 
because a Yule log, which uh, that sounds quite British. It's, it's just basically a Swiss roll, isn't it? With the, the icing sugar on top. It's a, it's a Swiss roll. Uh, a Yule log equates to just over two hours of walking at 610 calories. Would you eat an entire Yule log on Christmas Day? You'd want to be like him. Um, that would be now if you're on your, very much on your own, feeling sorry for yourself. And the sad news is that your two glasses of Prosecco, which you're having probably around 12 o'clock, adds up to 230 calories. You'll have to do a 46-minute walk. Now, maybe not... Um, Maybe not directly after the two glasses of Prosecco or you can't really do the calculation. You have six glasses of Prosecco and then suddenly, before you know it, you're doing you know nearly three, two and a half hours walking. Uh, at two slices of turkey plus pigs in blankets uh, requires 72 minutes of walking to walk off on Christmas Day. Mind you, the weather forecast is not looking great um, for a nice, crisp, clear walk to get cold, fresh air into your lungs. Um, but we'll have to walk at some point to get rid of it because, you know, you get to the season's day and then the 27th of December, which is, uh, I have one of the worst birthdays. I remember mentioning this last year because you don't really feel like dinner because you've had a fair dose of dinner food on Christmas Eve because you're excited about Christmas dinner. Then you're excited about Christmas dinner and you eat, oh, you're so excited about Christmas dinner, you eat all morning and then you're barely able to eat it. Actually, my tactic for Christmas dinner to survive it is sacrilegiously in Ireland, no spuds. No spuds on the dinner because there's stuffing, which is just bread sitting on the plate. And um, I want to get every inch of that dinner and I, I, it's smothered in gravy. Oh, God, my mouth is just watering thinking about it. But anyway, and no soup. There are people who do the starter and then there's a soup and then there's a main course. No good. And dessert is hours later, hours later. And even though we say we're not having dessert, somebody will open a box of celebrations or heroes or quality street or roses and then you're going I'm not having dessert mm, mm, this is a nice one is there hazelnut and caramel haven't had one of those all year did I I've just had five of them and uh, the people who leave the wrappers in the box they they are just not welcome uh, anywhere they're just awful people the coffee creams I still miss them from the roses anyway um, if you have children in your house um, TikTok is something you're hearing about all the time and it's it's um, especially if they're bold children who play videos out loud on their speakers uh, anyway it's become it's passed out Google it's the most popular platform in the world apparently it's clocked up more visits after a surge in popularity since the pandemic started so it's finally knocked Google off the top spot as the most popular web address in 2021 it is number one yeah that's the surge uh, Google is still there Facebook is third so still busy there upending democracy well done to them oh by the way this is happy news we uh, there are fantastic Irish comedians who have really become stars in 2021 via social media so they bypass the old traditional gatekeepers of comedy uh, Sean Burke is a comedian. We've had him on Callan Kicks the Years and we're going to have him on the Christmas special which is this day week. I'll tell you about that later on. I won't go into that now. Sean Burke's show is his Twitter account. He did a thing on Professor Brian Cox and uh, it has four million views or something. He's a big star on the Twitter machine as is Michael Fry and uh, other comedians like Justine Stafford, Emma Doran who's on Instagram. Check them out as they say. It's not all about streaming services. That's all free on the social media and... Um, you can donate to their Patreons and so on to keep Irish comedy alive and well. Because these are the things that uh, people of a certain generation, we'll remember Father Ted Christmas specials and Only Fools and Horses and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Some people will go, no, I remember the sketch your man did on the Twitter that time. Do you remember? That's what nostalgia is going to look like in about, um, I was going to say 10 years, but nostalgia is pretty instant these days, isn't it?
Um, where was I going to go? Yes, I wanted to bring good news because I've been, uh, this is positive news around uh, reasons to be cheerful uh, with the Omicron, or if you're from the south of the country, I think it's uh, Omicron, is what they're calling it. Anyway, um, uh, Omicron, according to the Daily Telegraph, and the reason why I'm bringing the British paper in is because um, it's obviously, they've got way more cases and they've done the studies, early studies, it must be said with a caveat. Let's say Omicron is starting to look less scary, apparently. They're calling it hopium, which is the thing we want to get hopped up on, hope. Looking at 160,000 cases, analysis shows that in South Africa, uh, only about a fifth of those, uh, only a fifth of the risk of hospitalisation as those with Delta. So it's much less likely to land you in hospital than Delta was. And people are saying, don't listen to South Africa. They had a different pandemic to ours because they had a beta variant and some of them aren't vaccinated. So you don't know if they, what level of immunity. But now, closer to home, a study in Scotland suggests Omicron is associated with a two-thirds reduction in hospitalisation when compared with Delta. Happy news. Usual caveats apply and so on. And this other positive story, because I was uh, kind of, we'd heard about the wonder drug, the wonder pill that's arriving to stop people who catch COVID from landing in hospital and becoming seriously unwell. And it seems to have vanished off the news. Well, in the UK, where they have basically started approving this this drug, um, they are now ordering enormous amounts of it. They've increased their orders of antivirals fivefold in the wake of criticism of the current strategy. What happened? Yes, so the NHS is doing this. Uh, the drugs are given to those who've been infected or exposed to coronavirus to prevent them developing severe or critical symptoms and will be targeted at the vulnerable. So they've ordered a load of wonder pills, which has been shown to cut hospitalisations and deaths by nearly 90% of Pfizer. And we will hear in due course when the EU approves that and gives us a little uh, lift of good news, which God knows we need it at the moment. 51551 is the text number. Um, sometimes you give a little lovely giggle this morning. Let's tinsel onward. Yes, I hope you don't mind if I use it, says Mary Curran. Please do use it. Tinsel onward. And I'm a big fan of tinsel because Christmas is meant to be trashy and preposterous. So go and enjoy that. Uh, please give a shout out to the 20 families staying at the Ronald McDonald House this Christmas. Santa has confirmed he knows all the families who are staying at the Ronald McDonald House. That's at Crumlin's Children's Hospital who are staying. And not to worry one bit, says Joe Kenny, CEO. And we've also had to confirm remember, that Santa is not a close contact and he has a special exemption, doesn't he? And he's like, he has three or four vaccines. He's got all the vaccines and he is ready to go. And um, there's no stand-in. There's no stand-in for Santa. He's going to do the gig. He's going to do it. And he'll be a lot better prepared than I am. Anyway, uh, today, I'm thinking of my sister, Catherine, who will be spending Christmas in hospital in Spain. Her husband, Brendan, will be by her side where he's usually found. Please give them a huge shout-out as their family keep them in our thoughts and prayers. Please, God, there will be brighter and happier days ahead in 2022. Wishing you all the joy, peace and loveliness of Christmas, says Carmel to her sister Catherine and uh, uh, so say all of us I mean you just have to you have to you think of that was the amazing book The Man's Search for Meaning Victor Frankl who talks about you know you're suffering and you've got to find meaning in the suffering and then you've got you're affected by something you've no control over so you have to change your attitude towards it because you do have control over that very nice message very good book kind of one of those books most people have in their houses 200 pages or so of, uh, of amazing advice and so on. Very uh, Although you have Dr Maureen Gaffney as well in this country as well and uh, our One Wild and Precious Life. That's also a good advice to give us that burst of positivity that we need to get through the, get through the thing. Um, what a, oh yes, I wanted, since I was talking about wonder drugs, I want to dig this one out here because there are people who are all over the country, all over the world indeed, 
uh, with the deadly peanut allergy, and particularly in children where it's especially dangerous, isn't it? Um, anyway, the NHS in England has approved a drug that can ease the allergy in children by exposing it to exposing them to small amounts over time. Uh, it's going to be soon available in the NHS. And uh, what is it going to do? Well, basically what they do is... It's a treatment called Palforzia. It's going to cost about £8,000 per patient per year and will be obviously discounted by the time the NHS approve it and the EU drugs people are going to be looking into this as well. Children aged 4 to 17 will be the first in Europe to receive the licensed drug which reduces sensitivity to the food by exposing them to a small amount of peanut allergens over several months. What it does is while it will trigger the allergy, it won't be the life-threatening anaphylactic shock um, when their immune system overreacts to the food. So this is very good news. British studies have shown giving peanut butter to high-risk babies, those who have eczema or are sensitive to certain foods, can more than halve their risk of developing an allergy if done in the first three months. And Palforzia takes this approach to children who already have the allergy and it's a treatment. And there's a case study there from someone, her name is Emily Pratt, she's nine and she's obviously been scared stiff and it's like, you know, can you imagine the, the parents go, don't eat that, we have to check every ingredient and is it made in a factory where the, a peanut has once walked past, you can't do it. Uh, anyway, she has taken this drug and she's now free from it and free from the fear that the tiniest mistake could put her life at risk. The miracle of science. And uh, you have to keep the hope, keep the hope alive. Um, uh, 5155, oh, oh yes, I'm told I'm a disgrace to the country because I'm, uh, you know, foregoing spuds for the Christmas. I should hang my head in shame and don't darken the door of the, the area where I currently live, which they obviously put in. And uh, oh, they also said, P.S., you're great. So um, in case I don't understand their sarcasm, you didn't have to add that bit. I mean, I, I love a bit of sarcasm. I love a bit of sarcasm, a bit of funny abuse. Sure, isn't that what I do? Isn't that what I do? 51551 is the text number. Is the email address. We are open for all your inquiries. I'll even do funny voices if you want. I'll do shout outs. We'll do anything you want here. But it's Christmas. It's silly. This is the most preposterous Christmas song. We love it. It's The Darkness. Good morning. That is, of course, the darkness. And um, don't let the bells end. Feigning joy and surprise, the gifts we despise. It's a great lyric. That's from 2003, would you believe? And it is an absolute banging, banging classic. Now, Orla Buckley is on the phone from Galway. Good morning to you, Orla. Good morning. Um, Hi, Oliver. How are you doing? You sound cheery already. I'm great. Countdown is on now for Christmas for yes, everyone. Very, very, very excited. And uh, you went to see It's a Wonderful Life, did you, in, in Galway, in that very posh um, cinema in Galway? <laughs> Sure did. Myself and my sister, Deirdre, went to see It's a Wonderful Life um, uh-huh. on was it Tuesday evening. Such a lovely Christmas movie. Um, like a lot of people watch it every year. I think the same yes. as Mr. Ryan Tuberty. He is a big um, fan. <laughs> <laughs> we just love that film, like a lot of people. I mean, it just, it never ages. So just love watching it. So we just thought, oh. be a nice treat just to go to the cinema and watch it for Christmas. And it looks gorgeous as well. Now, that's not the reason you're calling. You're, you, you have a Martin Sheen story. I have a new pen pal, Oliver. Okay, a new pen pal in Martin Sheen. This, <laughs> yes. of, this is the Martin Sheen of the, the West the Wing. The Martin Sheen, and, exactly. Uh, so, ha- so t- tell us, tell us everything. Okay. 
Okay, where did I start? Well, I suppose always been a big fan of Mr. Martin Sheen. Um, my sister Deirdre had started watching The West Wing um, when it first aired in 1999 yes. and she had always said, you need to watch this. It's such a brilliant show. Martin Sheen is in it. So then that's how it all started. So started watching The West Wing, you know, like a lot of people, it's a great show. It's timeless and we tend to watch it over and over again. Um so yeah so I just have always followed his career and just really think he's he's a great man actor person everything um, and then it just kind of I think it was last year he, he was turning 80 yes. and I thought to myself oh, sure look it just wouldn't it be nice to send him an 80th birthday card <laughs> just, just, okay, you know, randomly. <laughs> one of those things <laughs> yeah, and of course he has a huge Galway connection because he came so, to Galway yeah, didn't he and lived here it. for a while yeah, yeah. So the big Galway connection, just to get the background. So basically when the West Wing finished up in 2006, yes. um, he, Martin, Martin as if I know him really well, but <laughs> Mr. Sheen. <laughs> you do. We'll come to that in a minute, but you do, come on. Martin, <laughs> Mr. Sheen said he always wanted to do a semester of college and he just chose Galway. So basically when the show wrapped up in 2006, he came over to Galway and he enrolled as an art student in NUI. Yeah. So he lived in Salt Hill for that semester basically and he'd often be seen walking in the prom with a coffee in hand and I, the funny thing is this is back in 2006 and I actually spotted him because I'm from Salt Hill and yes. I spotted him one of those times and he was across the road and I was like oh my god there's Martin Sheen so I just kind of shouted across the road good morning Mr. President and sure he he looked across with a big smile on his face good morning ma'am with like his coffee in hand um, and is that your only he, Martin Sheen interaction while he was in Galway yeah. Yeah, okay. so that was years ago. And like, you know, through interviews and that kind of thing, he's often said over the years how much he loved his time in Galway. Yeah. It was a very special place to him. So that's the kind of his, his connection with Galway. Amazing. And I said, then last year, so he was turning 80. So I sent him an 80th card. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to sit down and write him a letter. So I wrote him a letter and got an 80th birthday card in town. And I love photography. Photography is a big hobby of mine. So I'm often around taking photos of Galway. So I thought, you know, I think I'll just enclose, you know, a few photos from Galway and Salt Hill. Maybe a bit of nostalgia for him, you know. So I posted off um, last September, or August, sorry. And literally, I was looking at the dates as well from when I posted Yes. And next thing, a week later, <laughs> I get this card from America and look at the back and there's sender, Martin Sheen. <laughs> wow. And his address. Oh, I Within a week. Oh, my God. Within a week. Within a week. Um, so what did you say that obviously touched him or, or what did you put um, into the letter? I just kind of, I suppose introduce myself as well obviously said you know I, I really admire you as an actor I really you know I've loved the West Wing and you know kind of that part and then just said about myself and um, my my his mother was from Bertha Cain Tipperary and my mother's from Tipperary as well okay. and my parents actually lived in Bertha Cain for some time after they were married so it was kind of just general conversation to be honest <laughs> and then about Galway and you know as if I was writing I think to anyone else you know what I mean um, and just said look I, you know I just thought I'd enclose some photos for you you might like and that was it and then wrote the birthday card and sent it all off anyway and yeah a week later I received a card back from him and he said dear Miss Buckley many thanks for your kind and thoughtful birthday card with your lovely letter and the photos uh, I rented an apartment across the road from the promenade while I attended NUI and I loved it um, yes indeed my mother Mary Ann Phelan was from Bursa Cain Tipperary and that's how I became an Irish citizen stay safe Orla and take care and thanks so much for thinking of me God bless Martin Sheen so that Great. was the first letter back and your him. heart was in your mouth thinking oh will he say oh, now I was Oliver. on the promenade <laughs> uh, will he say now the, it was a great time 
time except for that woman who used to yell at me. Uh, <laughs> it, was it, was, it was a crazy woman. <laughs> what, what, uh, seriously, what a gorgeous, what a lovely thing to do. Oh, Oliver. Jo- now, it I doesn't end there, does it? No, it doesn't end there. No. So I thought, you know what, again, with the last few years, it's been a tough time for everyone. I thought, do you know what, wouldn't it be nice to just send, you know, a birthday card or a Christmas card again, you know, across the water to Mr. Sheen. Hopefully he's keeping well in the last two years. So I just got a nice, you know, Christmas card that says Christmas, uh, Christmas greetings from Galway. And I put in, I enclosed some photos from NUI and, you know, again, from Galway, different photos that I hadn't sent before. And yeah, so I just posted it off there a few weeks ago. And again, I dated mine. And then <laughs> last week, Christmas card arrived a week later, a week to the day, Oliver. Wow. A week to the day. He must be like, he must be sitting at home uh, just constantly writing. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas cards at the ready, go. <laughs> so there was, a, there was a gap because it's a risky one to write back again, isn't it? You might, you don't yeah. want to be, yeah. So, yeah. there's yeah, quite I a gap. Thought, okay, this is special yeah, occasion, like, well, yeah. Christmas. And yeah, so basically literally a week later, so I just got it there um, last week, a beautiful card, a Christmas card on the front that says, Christmas keeps us believing in goodness, in kindness, in the wonderful dream of peace. And Mm. on the inside, may Christmas always have the power to remind us of the connection between us all and to renew our wish for a more peaceful world. And this year especially, may Christmas bring you joy. And then Martin wrote... Dear Orla, many thanks for your lovely card with the beautiful photos from NUI in Galway. Many happy memories returned with joy. Thank you again and God bless you and your family at Christmas. Lots of love, Martin. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I mean, I know. He's, uh, he, like, he's a very positive man. You wrote a very nice yeah. thing to him as well, it must be said. So you were deserving oh, just... of the Martin Sheen love. But uh, <laughs> no. when, do you, when are you going to leave the man alone? Well, no, he, he has to come over to Galway. We, we're due a walk on the prom and a coffee. <laughs> okay, <yes. laughs> I told him in my letter when he does come over, I'll, I'll shout him a coffee. And he, we'll probably walk he probably will. probably will. I wouldn't be surprised. He just seems like a very down to earth, you know, obviously just super actor, intelligent, yeah. just, yeah, very because nice. Because he was man. like that in Galway, as they say, you would just spot him hanging around Salt Hill and he was yeah. in college like a normal student. I think he studied English literature while he was in Galway and um, yeah he seemed to have really enjoyed his time yeah. there and like that just yeah yeah got on got on with, with everything and just enjoyed his time here and so it'll be great to see him back over on, in Galway again gorgeous listen Orla so Buckley good. you've put a smile on our faces Aww. and much we needed and a very happy Christmas to you and um, uh, although I can never think of him as other than Mr Sheen anymore and I never I, I never made that connection in my head before <laughs> when you're smarting to me you know yourself Oliver <laughs> yes, of course of course <laughs> And, I'll be going uh, to Malibu for Christmas next year. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas with the Sheens. <laughs> and uh, don't, give out, don't give out his address or anything because the poor man will be flooded no, 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 with all the people secret, of Galway who, who spotted him once over the, exactly. the course of years. Hello, Please, Martin. I saw you at a stat oil. Yes. <laughs> you remember me. Happy Christmas to you. Good luck. Good luck. Merry Christmas to you, Oliver, and Ryan Tupperty as well. Absolutely. We'll pass it on. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.
Now, welcome back. It's Oliver Callan here in for Ryan this morning. Uh, 51551 is the text. Ryan at rte.ie is the email. We're getting loads of messages from people who are affected by the close contacts phenomenon. Oliver, my son came home for Christmas last Saturday. Had a positive antigen test on Monday. PCR result the next day. He's in his bedroom for 10 days now. But I'm so grateful that he's home and not isolating in student accommodation alone. The house is full of food and drink. Thanks to wonderful friends and neighbours who've been dropping off hampers and hams. Wow, we're lucky to have warmth and comfort because I know others don't feel so very privileged and a shout out to the lovely Cara in the Mullingar Testing Centre who did our PCR tests in the car Tuesday morning she was truly an angel made us laugh and was so kind so we may not be having the Christmas we thought but everyone will be okay says Sheila who is feeling very positive and actually on that note as it turns out we also got another email uh, the other day for someone also praising the Mullingar drive through testing centre um, this is from Dave he says my two young girls had to be brought for a Covid test at the beginning of December we went to the family to the Mullingar place and we liked the idea of staying in the car thought it might be safer comfortable all round and we thought I might enjoy the spin driving from Navan anyway uh, and he says it's a sad day when driving to the test centre is the highlight of your week anyway he says we did enjoy the drive and when we got there uh, the relatively short queue we took our, our turn to get tested and uh, they were looking at the guy in his PPE and they're going on, you know, the feeling of foreboding and trepidation. But he said, no, he made, he was really, really pleasant. He made such a fuss over the children, very positive, caught them all off guard. He had the kids telling him all about Santa, put them at ease. And um, everyone got a booster jab of positivity, is what they say. His name is Kevin. And uh, Dave just wants to say a big thank you and a thank you for being such an inspiration. That's Kevin at the Mullingar Drive through Test Centre. So lots of love coming in there. And um, yes, I'll come to some other ones of those in a moment but what I want to do first and charity and Christmas and all of that is all very connected and one charity that is very close to uh, all of us here in Ireland is the Chernobyl Children International it's Eddie Roach's charity Uh, not only have over 26,000 children visited Ireland since the charity was set up in uh, many, many years, moons ago now, but thousands have benefited from the life-saving cardiac surgery made possible through donations. I'm going to discuss specifically this morning. The pandemic disrupted life for loads of people and the first time in year, in two years, uh, the charity is bringing something of a Christmas miracle. Up to 30 children living in the region getting life-saving heart surgery. A.D. Roach is on the line. Good morning, A.D. Good morning, Oliver. You have made my day. I woke up to the sound of the phone ringing to say, Oliver wants you on this morning. And this is kind of the icing on the cake, to be honest, because we've been holding our breath for two long years, knowing that some children wouldn't survive because we couldn't get the cardiac teams in. But now we're back and saving lives. And really and truly, this to me is the full spirit and meaning of Christmas. it's It's the Christmas miracle, lady isn't it? And can you just, can we take a tiny step back for a minute? Because the Chernobyl nuclear disaster, it was 35 years ago this year, wasn't it? It was 1986. Can um, you remind us of the link between what happened then and how it's affecting children who were born right now? Sure. Well, it's, it's what they call actually cross-generational and we're looking at the third generation of Chernobyl survivors now, really. And and when the accident happened, a huge, about 190 tonnes of highly radioactive material was expelled up into the Earth's atmosphere. It mainly landed on Belarus and Ukraine, but the whole planet got a dusting of radioactivity at that time. And unfortunately, because it's invisible by its nature, you can't see it, taste it or touch it. But yes, it does its insidious violence to every aspect of the cycle of life. And the heart is one such part of that. It was identified very early on 
as being one of the organs most vulnerable to the effects of radiation. And so we've been seeing tens of thousands of children over all the years been affected in Ukraine and Belarus. And Oliver, actually, we came across it quite by accident. Never heard of it. Way back in the 90s, I was walking through a hospital. Little kids were following us and one little boy called out to me and what he said in Russian, which stopped everybody, he said, please take me to your country. I will die if you leave me here. And that's when the doctor turned around with a very sad face and he said, he has a condition. I hope your people in your country never have it. He said, we call it locally Chernobyl heart. And that boy would have done. We airlifted him to Ireland. Would you believe that, Oliver? Like this is going back 25, 30 years ago. And we saved his life. But we knew that wasn't the answer. We had to get the surgeons and the equipment in situ because children wouldn't generally with that condition, survived the travel. And that's what we set up about 22 years ago with this amazing man um, from, you know, from the southern states of America, um, Dr. William Novick. And we have together created this cardiac uh, called Chernobyl Heart Cardiac um, uh, Surgical uh, surgical Programme. It's an amazing programme, isn't it, Eddie? I mean, literally flying heart surgeons to Chernobyl Yes. Or to, to the Ukraine, isn't it? To, yeah, to the Ukraine, to different to operate sites. On we've the about kids. three different sites. And to be honest, we've kind of followed where the radioactivity went or where the men called the liquidators, you know, the men whose story was told in the wonderful Chernobyl series by HBO with Jesse Buckley mm-hmm. and others, where they showed the guys who were conscripted in to try and save the, the planet, really, because the reactor was convulsing and ready to do a much bigger expl- explosion. But those guys actually self sacrificed and saved um, the the reactor from collapsing. But many of those who survived went far and wide in their countries. And unfortunately, with them, they passed on to to their wives and their partners. They passed on this problem, which has manifested itself in the heart problem. So we go where the people from Chernobyl actually ended up living. And really, to be honest, um, Oliver, this is a race against time because the children have a condition that you cannot live with, but you would die with without surgical intervention. And it's just, you know, I've been over there many times when the surgeries are going on. And I'm like a sort of a, you know, a third eye in the room watching the surgeons do magnificent work. And when they get, when they stop the little tiny heart that you'd fit into the palm of your hand and the surgeon lifts it out as the bypass machine kicks in and there's silence in the surgery. And I just always have this feeling that the children put their hopes and their tiny little hearts in the hands of our surgeons and all they want is to live a little miracle to live and I'm so glad Oliver and it's only So you have 30 children right now uh, effectively undergoing cardiac operations Um, it says that most of the children would die within three to five years without this Yes, and in fact, uh, one of the things that Dr. Bill Novick said last night on the RT News, which I actually hadn't heard myself, he said at least 11 of the children would have died within a month without wow. the surgery. Like a lot of this, like this, I mean, this is phenomenal stuff. Mm-hmm. And like these little babies and small children are now back with their families. We even had to have one little girl who wasn't on the list. But the word, it's like the tom-toms send out the message all over Ukraine. The surgeons are coming, the surgeons are coming. And children, uh, their families make contact to all sorts of means. And we got by, with the help of the police, we airlifted by helicopter a little six-year-old girl 
she came to the operation site and her life was saved, a little girl called Veronica. And we're just, you know, this is just really something extraordinary. And in this race against time where we have felt paralysed by the pandemic Mm -hmm. and we've all been feeling pretty hopeless, I suppose, in a way as the news is not improving. Um, But this this is a good news story. I mean, here we are in the final run-up to Christmas, which is certainly about time of family, of community, and most of all, it's about two beautiful words, love and hope. And, and, and this is what we are doing. We now know we have enabled all of these children to be at home with their families and they are alive and will live long and healthy lives. And Oliver, I so swear they, to God... they really do. Their life expectancy uh, is, oh, yes, is, is it, very good. It is, because actually, Oliver, do you know what happens with this Chernobyl heart condition? It's like as if you have multiple holes in the heart mm-hmm. and the heart, the body bleeds out. And like the children cannot survive without those wow. holes being plugged. Yeah. And would you believe it's a small piece of Gore-Tex that they, which costs about like 50, 50 cents and they put them on all the holes and that piece of Gore-Tex grows with the growing child see, and yes. the growing heart. And Oliver, I have to say this, no other nation in this world has stood by, has championed the rights and the cause of the lives of those destroyed by Chernobyl as much as Ireland has. And this mission is a reflection of that. And that's the truth. The information is there. We're recognised by the United Nations. We're a small nation, but by God, do we have a big, big heart. Amazing. I mean, we can hear the passion and enthusiasm in your voice, AD. And uh, there are so many, because I, I remember people going out to Chernobyl from Ireland and uh, building places as well. Was there building yes. going on on, on top of uh, Chernobyl kids coming over this side of the world as well? Yeah, oh my goodness, we have a very extensive uh, building programme going on all the time in Belarus. But thank God if the pandemic hasn't stopped any of those programmes because we have locally employed contractors and nice. builders. And the same with some of our medical programmes. I, I am so happy about this, Oliver, because you see, it's the heart surgeries which needed our people to get in. But for many of our other programmes, we have the nurses, we have the doctors, the physios, the teachers, and they're in situ. We can still keep that happening. But we can't go in that direction. And to be honest, we are heartbroken because this year, for the second Christmas in a row, none, we won't be seeing the beautiful scenes on RTE News uh, showing oh, yes. the children being embraced into the bosom of their Irish families. And like every year, the security guys at Dublin Airport say, lads, stay back, stay back behind the barriers <laughs> and all this. And I swear to God, their wild horses wouldn't keep these people back. They're, they, The synergy, the, the energy that bursts between the children, they're coming in wheelchairs and they're being carried and some of them can run into the arms of their families. But mm. this year, we won't be having it. But Oliver, what we did instead, we did the cardiac... Christmas mission and we sent by sea a massive container went out in time for Christmas and Santi got a little corner of his own for loads and loads of presents in the middle of the medicines and wheelchairs and everything else we were sending out Santi got a spot and overnight it was full and now hopefully we'll be distributing having this presents distributed for, for, for Saturday Amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, look, I'm just, I'm blown away by just the sound of the enthusiasm and the positivity in your voice because it's such a tragedy, uh, 1986 in Chernobyl, the injustice of it, the injustice that we have kids, 6,000 babies born every year yeah. with heart defects. How do you keep 
such a spirit going in the face of all of that? I, I, you know, Oliver, I mean, this might sound, you know, I, 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 it's very simple. I love life. And I think, mm. you know, I, I just, I'm in awe. I'm, I'm in, in love with the planet and, and life itself and how we've evolved and how unique each and every human being actually is, gifted and talented. And I suppose um, it's just, you know, I have this... I have this sense that, you know, if I can make my own life more meaningful, like, you know, I often say to myself, you know, what is our purpose mm-hmm. in being born at all? And we all have a different purpose. And like, in a sense, this has given me my purpose. It has given me the meaning and that connection with yes. humanity. And, and you know something, um, Oliver, this is the truth. The gift actually is in what you get back. It's not in the giving. The love, the friendships, the connection, the, the, you know, the sense of solidarity and camaraderie. And I, I feel like I'm half Belarusian, half Ukrainian yeah. at this stage. Uh, you know, and You've like, made we, half we, Ireland we, as well, to be fair. <laughs> but look, that, AD, yeah, that is a true. gorgeous, gorgeous Christmas message. I couldn't think of anything better. Uh, Chernobyl-international.com for people to find more information. And if they want to give, uh, please do. But uh, AD, thank you so much. Oliver, could I say one oh, last yes, thing to the people of Ireland? Like I have, you know, I have a good old uh, vocal cord here and a good vocal box, but <laughs> yes, it, the do. communication means nothing unless it translates into the giving. People have given us so generously. We are only in existence all these decades because of the kindness, the compassion and the generosity. Even in the worst of times, even, you know, even in all of the economic crisis we've had, yeah. now the pandemic, people in Ireland, and I think we're unique in the world. That's why I really believe when I say that we are the one nation in the world that has this sense of responsibility, Amazing, yeah. has a sense of conscience. And we reach out and, and we help others. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. Well, and thank you for inspiring such incredible generosity and kindness. And a very happy Christmas to you. And the same uh, to you too, Aidy Roach. Oliver. OK, take care. Take care. Bye. Good luck to you. Oh, amazing. That's fantastic from Aidy Roach and the Chernobyl uh, um, charity there and the work that they're doing, building, helping people with heart surgery and so on. Um, like there's loads of messages. 51551 is the text number, by the way. Uh, lots of people still talking about uh, importance of kindness. There's a story there from uh, her, this lady's daughter's doing an Erasmus in Avignon in France. She was out for a walk. She saw a lady collapse on the ground with grief after getting a call. She was broken with grief. My daughter, whose French is not great, went to help her. She got her phone, rang the lady's partners. The woman couldn't speak and could only point at her phone. It must have been the worst news possible. She did her best to explain. Stayed with her until the partner arrived. But even with the language barriers, people can help each other. I'm so happy she's my daughter. Her name is Grace. She came home yesterday. Happy Christmas. And that follows on the theme that Ryan has been carrying all week of just the kindness of strangers and particularly um, uh, important at this time of the year. Uh, will you give my niece Siobhan Filan uh, a mention? She has COVID, is all alone in her apartment in Sydney. Also my niece, her sister Orla here in Cork, who also has COVID. And unfortunately her family here in Cork can't travel to Leitrim to be with the best, the rest of the family, says Angela. So whether you're in Cork or in Sydney, isolated from trying to get home to family. Uh, um, this person here is looking, oh, they're looking for a Leo, okay, Leo voice. Yes, uh, we have to say uh, from Sean, um, I'm stuck in Canada for Christmas, but would love a shout out to my sister Julia 
in Cork Town in County Wexford. Happy to do that, Sean. Just uh, be careful and don't go to any festivals or pick your nose because it can be totes awky momo for a lot of people. And there's Martin Sheen's stories coming in as well. Martin Sheen was living in Galway. I was at a table quiz and he showed up with a few students to enter the quiz. It's a great night. Lovely man. Says Dave in Loch Ray. This random Martin Sheen. I mean, he was going, like he was going around with students, like actual students in their 20s. Give no two hoots. Uh, totally... Uh, confident man in his own skin. Um, Dahi in Galway says, I've written to Martin Sheen. He's replied a few times as a witty, articulated individual who is totally grounded. Very, very positive, spirited man. You'd sort of want to be, wouldn't you, to, to, to have Charlie Sheen when you're looking after him and minding him. I haven't heard of anything much about him, so hopefully he's doing okay. And I remember the family were throwing their arms around him. What a lady, says this texture in relation to A.D. Roach here. Here, uh, I'm gone. The tears are flowing after the interview, Oliver. Such light from deep, deep darkness, says D in Cork. It is incredible. Out of Chernobyl comes A.D. Roach and the spirit she inspires in all of us. We'll take another song, The Divine Comedy making an amazing um, comeback new album coming out soon touring next year this is really lovely it's brand new it's called The Best Mistakes You've Ever Made That's just gorgeous. That's the voice of Neil Hannon and the Divine Comedy. The Best Mistakes is brand new. Uh, One of my favourite bands when I was in college 20 years ago. And an Irish band as well. Neil is from Derry. Now, um, regarding A.D. Roach, give us a website or something. Many of us would like to help them out. Chernobyl is still in our minds, says Paul and Leakslip. I'm very happy to do that. Uh, Chernobyl-international.com slash donate. And the reason we didn't go too hard on was because A.D. was coming on to say thank you to the donations that have happened already. And she wasn't uh, coming uh, coming out and saying donate donate but very happy to do that at chernobyl-international.com slash donate but to google AD Roach Chernobyl you're going to you'll find it easily we'll take a quick break The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 uh, welcome back. The happiness and joy continues here. Base Wood Fired Pizza have been in touch with us. They heard uh, the message earlier from Joe Kenny from Ronald McDonald House and they want to offer the kids at Ronald McDonald House pizzas over the Christmas period. So we're putting them in contact with each other. So thank you to Base Wood Fired Pizza, which are very, very delicious, especially the white pizzas. Very, very nice as well. Uh, hi, Oliver. Can you give a shout out to Lisa and Harry stuck in Arizona this Christmas? They'd love to hear Michael D. Hickens give them some words of comfort and wisdom. So very, very, very happy. Christmas and peaceful for, to, from the Mitten and Cook Patrick families to Lisa and, and Harry in Arizona and very 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 Christmas to you I'm very busy in orders because I've got a petting zoo now quiet Mishnock stop humping my leg um, sorry, um, okay. Big shout out to the general practitioners who are working so hard all around the country forgotten heroes uh, says Mary they're hardly now forgotten because they are very much needed as well. Uh, a reference to the design comedy. Best summary of my summer. My two lads, eight and 13, belting the National Express at the top of their lungs under Hollyards. Yes, that's a divine comedy classic. One of their biggest, one of their biggest, biggest ones. Uh, someone says here, in relation to Martin Sheen and getting replies uh, from Orla Buckley, who is in Galway and wrote to Martin Sheen and has got four or five interactions with him now. I've written to the Queen, which presumably is the British Queen. I've got two replies and absolutely thrilled. I love letter writing and have lived abroad for many years. 
years. I adored receiving letters from home. Letters will become a thing of the past, but I will never stop writing. Warm regards, Maria. Uh, well, they, it'll hardly become a thing of the past if this show has anything to do about it because people are writing all the time. And as you heard there, it's working and they're sending uh, messages back to each other. 51551 is the text. We'll try to get it to as many as we can before we finish up at 10, but we have to take one last little break. Okay, we're nearly out of time. Uh, just a quick shout out to someone's best friend here, Susan and RD, who's a primary school teacher. Ryan spoke to them in August. She's at home with Richard, Reuben, and baby Rachel after a long week isolating, and they discuss this show anytime they meet up. Uh, so they're wishing them a very happy Christmas. That's from Helen. Okay, to up to you there. Beautiful names, Reuben and Ra- baby Rachel. Um, this person's in Bochum in Germany. Wants to let you know that the, their mum, Mary White, in Abbey Park via Waterford, calls Omicron Amadon in Irish. So Omicron becomes Amadon and. Uh, they think it's the best description of it says Marie who's in Germany so um, a very happy Christmas to you without spuds as well no spuds okay that's that, that's the secret a shout out to the Sanctuary Runners who are running through Norway on their race to the North Pole hundreds of people taking part in Ireland and across the world including asylum seekers and refugees in solidarity friendship and respect that's Graeme Clifford friend from Moy sanctuaryrunners.ie is a thing there and uh, this is of course the thoughtful uh, kindness of strangers this week I observed a lovely kind thoughtful gesture by a young mother who saw the parking attendant checking cars in our cul-de-sac. When the attendant had moved away from her car, she took her ticket and placed it on the car windscreen behind her. She then drove off after finishing her shopping, says Richard Longlands in Swords. What a name, Richard Longlands. And what beautiful sarcasm you gift us here. Aidy Roach is an inspiration. So we'll finish on that note. We wish you all a very, very happy Christmas. Nolikhana. Don't forget the batteries. Don't forget the Gaviscon. Ryan is back in the, in the new year. Uh, Callan kicks the year 2021 or one television this day week at uh, 25 past nine and uh, just have a lovely Christmas Slongafo The Ryan Tuberty Show Listen back on the RTE Radio Player